Alive, it's alive, it's alive. Hey there, you podcast maniacs, it's Byron Brown from BBTAS. Are you out there looking for something that's a little different? Say a little bit of strange. Tired of all those shows out there that are sad, lame, and mundane. Then I got something for you. Tune in 9 Eastern every Friday night at AverageJoeShow.com. Join in with host Corey Charette and Ward Miller, along with a mystery guest. If you don't mind jumping in and swimming in a hot mess of attitudes and opinions, then Average Joe Show. It's for you, or you, or you, or you, or you. Technical difficulties have occurred with the hosts of this podcast. Please do not adjust your broadband connection. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Average Joe Show, episode number 72. AverageJoeShow.com is the website. Talk at AverageJoeShow.com is our email. Twitter, Average Joe Show, all one word. And voicemail is 813-915-6390. So you can leave us a voicemail anytime. 813-915-6390. And, of course, every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, we are here live at AverageJoeShow.com slash live. I'm Corey Shred, of course, and joining me, as always, is my friend, Mr. Ward Miller. Ward, what's going on? Hey, Corey, how's it going? Same old, same old, another week here. I am so excited about this show. Uh, I've, I've, uh, this is my, th- this is the, the one show that I've been waiting for, for since it was announced. This uh, is I'm, the one show I'm afraid of, actually, since it was announced. Uh, I have no fear. <laughs> and the reason Ward has no fear is because uh, joining us this week from tangentswithaj.com is Barb, known as Citizen X. Barb, what's going on? Hey, everything's great here. It's great to be back. Glad to have you back. And, of course, another reason why Ward is excited about this week is Hutch Jr. from Bergseyeview.com. Hutch, what's going on? Hello, everyone, and uh, thanks for having me on the program. Looking forward to a great time tonight. Well, we had a great time with you last time. I'm glad to have you back. Uh, you uh, say that and make him sound like a hooker. <laughs> Just saying. What you- and not a low-priced one, I'll say. <laughs> Okay. All right. Okay. Well, of course, you guys. Um, just a few things. I want to mention the uh, the uh, the well, Chris and Phil present podcast is still uh, up for nominations at the European Podcast Awards. Uh, link is in the show notes. So please vote for them. I did check the site today. It's still up and running. So go over there. Take two seconds to vote for them. And of course, you could always check out the link we have for our drinking game. So if you want to sit at home and drink with us and. Uh, See how drunk you can get off the drinking game. Thanks to Barb, actually, for that drinking game. Uh, Ward, you got anything else? No, that's pretty much it. I'm ready to go. All right, let's rock and roll. Well, Barb's got the first story, which is probably the biggest story of the week. Uh, Yep, it's the uh, obligatory Corey Haim has passed away. Um, Doing the link there in the chat room. Um. So I wasn't really a big fan of his. I was, I'm, a, I'm a Gen Xer, so um, I do know who he is, um, but I've never really got into Lost Boys, none of that. So um, some other interesting news that's related uh, to this story. They can't afford to bury him. They're selling his things on eBay. 
And it's funny. I found a, um, I found the seller. The seller is Scott Schwartz, who did a movie with him, I guess. And he's a personal friend of the family. So this is all authentic, authentic stuff here. And um, a pair of, I just threw a link in the chat, a pair of um, cut-off sweatpants sold for $74.95 today. So they're raising money to bury him in Canada. Um, I don't know. Just wanted to kind of throw the story out there so you guys saw it. Well, yeah, I saw it. Uh, you know, it, it's it, it's another one of those stories where you have a a child star who you know basically had everything and you know got hooked on junk or whatever and then threw it all away. I mean, how many times have we seen this? The, I mean, the exact same story. I mean, it's tragic, and you know, I feel bad for him and his family and everybody. But who didn't see it coming? You know, it seems like it, it seems like it repeats itself over and over. I don't know if it's the we were talking a little bit before the show. I don't know if it's the easy money or it's the uh, getting into the spotlight and then all of a sudden you're out of the spotlight. But it, it just seems like this goes uh, on and on. Well, if you caught the uh, interview that Corey Feldman did after the news was released and he's saying that it's the rejection that they, you know, you're a child star, you're put on this pedestal, and you're only loved as long as you're marketable. And that dirt, that um, neglect, and, and, and that does affect you, and I think that could be part of the issue. I, I think it does, but, I mean, and, and you look at, at the history of all, you know, pick the child star, you know, Gary Coleman, uh What's the other dude that was in a different strokes with him? Todd Bridges. Todd, Todd Bridges. It was that, that whole uh, yeah, that whole cast. The, the whole cast. Oh, the Dana Plato. Too. Dana Plato. Yeah. Uh, she ended up killing herself. She OD'd. Um, I, I I agree with you. I think it's the fact that they they fall out of the limelight and they don't get. You know, it, it's basically deal with it. Well, I think that it, it's it's almost they need validation. You know, and because they don't have people around telling them, oh, you're so cute, you're so good, you're so, you know, that's a great shoot, that's a whatever. And so they don't get, they don't get that anymore. It's like, okay, you got up. Good for you. You know, I think, I think when they're, when they're actually in Hollywood too, they're almost, uh, if not literally removed from their, from their family. I mean, I think they like go to school and everything like real close to the set. Oh no! Most of it, yeah. Most of the time, it's on the set. Yeah. So I mean, their whole, the whole planet is revolving around them, and then all of a sudden they're off on their own. And as soon as they ridiculously spend their millions, they're in a public school in a real setting. Yeah, and and you're just like everybody else, and I don't think they can handle. I mean, the only the only child star that I can think of that is still successful is Ron Howard. Exactly. Give me another one. Anybody? Bueller? I would have to say Will Smith because he started really young. He started, uh, yeah, he started young, but he wasn't he wasn't a child star. He was a rapper no. at sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, but he's he was still a star. I mean, he wasn't an actor, but he was still in that limelight from a young age. Not that young, though. Yeah, he, uh, no. When you're talking about what you know. Uh, oh, like the three-year-olds and the four-year-olds, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Corey Haim was very was probably ten or eleven, something like that, when, when he started. Um, you know, Ron Howard was what 
six or seven. Um, he was Opie. What's that? Yeah, he was Opie. Yeah. And then he, he got, you know, and if you think about it, you know, he went from Opie to Richie Cunningham. I mean, his very, basically his next show was another big show. I mean, if, if anybody would have, you know, blown their brains out, you'd think it was him because it's like he's Midas. Every show he's in goes, you know, nuclear. You know, he's in Andy Griffith. And at that time, that was the number one show on television. You know, that show gets done. He doesn't do anything for quite a few years. Comes in, does, well, he did American Graffiti, which is basically the precursor to Happy Days. Comes out of happy, comes out of American Graffiti right into Happy Days, basically playing the same character. And, you know, and that t- takes off. And that was nuclear for, what, 10, 11 years? I mean, uh, Happy Days was around forever. And then, uh, you know, now he's the, he's, the biggest, he's the biggest director in Hollywood. You know, most, oh, yeah, he has stunned everybody with Backdraft. I think that was his... Oh, yeah, that was, that was his like, breakout. Wow. But then, you yeah. know, he did Apollo 13. I mean, he, he's done a bunch of movies. Hey, oh, speaking of which, did any of you guys see that, that thing that was going around from uh, Funny or Die? With the, which one? It, it was the one with all the presidents. Yeah. And Ron Howard directed that. Did he really? Yeah. It, and it was just a goof thing, you know, because Will Ferrell owns Funny or Die. Right. And so oh, he. Yeah, I did hear about it, that. But I was he, really surprised by that. Yeah, but he had gotten all of the the guys from Saturday Night Live that played the, the presidents. He, you know, he had uh, Dan Aykroyd playing Jimmy Carter, Dana Carvey doing uh, Bush the First. You know, I mean, it was. And they had uh, Jim Carrey doing Reagan. I don't think I've seen this. I need to watch that. Yeah, you, you definitely need to check it out. And if, and if you watch that right after it, they have the outtakes. And there's some really funny stuff in it. But you see, Ron Howard directed it. You know, they could have done a better a better uh, impression of Obama. That character, it just doesn't even seem to look like him to me. Yeah, I mean, that was the, the same thing. Well, Chevy Chase looks absolutely nothing like Gerald Ford. But... Everybody knew that Chevy Chase did Gerald Ford, and they had – I mean, and that was kind of what was funny too is they brought him back, you know, to to do it. And, the, you know, a lot of them, you know, Dana Carvey's not – doesn't do much anymore. But, you know, Jim Carrey's a, a pretty big star. Yeah, they were spot on. Yeah. I mean, and, and they had – like I said, they, that was like the no bullshit, you know, and, and I'm sure that they they did it as a favor to Will Ferrell. You know, like I said, that's his funny or dies, his baby. So, okay, well, let's switch channels here. And uh, Hutch has got a story kind of related to politics. Well, I kind of chose this story just because of uh, how upside down the reaction seems to be about this whole thing. And I pulled it off the BBC. So it's actually uh, kind of a satirical take if you if you actually read the uh the print rove proud and proud is in uh quotation marks road proud rove proud of u.s waterboarding a senior advisor to former u.s president george w bush has defended tough interrogation techniques saying their use helped prevent terrorist attacks in a bbc interview carl rove who was known as quote bush's brain said he was proud that we use techniques that broke the will of these terrorists and it goes on and on 
And he says, I'm proud that we kept the world safer than it was by the use of these techniques. And I guess uh, this whole story kind of bothers me a little bit because, uh, first of all, it should have never gotten to the point where it was in the mainstream. I mean, it seems sometimes with the press that uh, this is the only country that just wants us to lose so bad that they'll put our techniques of our intelligence agencies out on the airwaves. And that just, uh, to me, the whole debate, uh, as you guys know, and I think you, uh, both of you guys, I'm not sure about Barbara, but uh, both of you have uh, military service. So you understand what real torture is and what isn't real torture. And I just think that this whole debate, and, and I, I pulled it down because of probably the uh, reaction it's going to cause. But uh, what do you guys think? Do you think that this is something that's uh, just hideous and unbelievable that we're doing this, or is it something that uh, we ought to be damn glad that somebody's out there doing it? Uh, well, l- let me let me back up a little bit, because where you were saying uh, the thing about the media giving away our techniques, and I totally agree with you. I think that the media, I mean, they, they, they basically give up troop movements. The, there was that thing in Somalia, and, and I was watching a, a, a thing today, and I don't remember what station it was on, but they were talking about, you know, whether or not we were going to supply troops in Somalia and whatnot, and they said that they asked the the person giving the briefing whether or not covert operations were going to be used and they wouldn't answer him and i'm like it, it, it is covert for a fucking reason you, you don't have you know covert operations and then you you talk about it on national tv you know well, if, the if, if there's covert operations going on they're not going to tell you that there's covert operations going on it it, it and it, it makes me insane that Everybody thinks that, that they deserve to know exactly what's going on. All you need to know is they caught these guys. These guys gave up some info. We kept sh- bad shit from happening. End of story. Absolutely. I, mean, I don't care is, how they caught it. If they, if, they, you know, if they put cigarettes out on this guy for six hours and he gave them everything they want, I don't care. It, 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 you know, if they you know, cut them and, and threw salt on them, I don't care. Did it? Get actionable intelligence. Yes or no? Yes. Then it was successful. There's no such thing as bad intelligence gathering. If if it gives you good intel, I don't care what it takes to get it. You know, I'm a big fan of waterboarding with electricity. Gosh. Well, the thing the thing is, is that you can't. You have to understand a couple things. I mean, it's it's a it's a mean world out there. And does anybody believe that we can afford not to have the best and most effective intelligence service? I mean, you can't – there's a reason that, that there's not cameras on every single battlefield. I mean, the military is a very small percentage of people in the country that are willing to go do this ugly stuff. Now, you can't bring that ugly stuff and put it in front of everybody else and expect everybody to have the palate for it. And I think that's what's happening. I think this is just an upside-down debate. I mean, when you hear congressmen debating, and it's in the news all the time, I mean, they well, basically... That's, that's what I'm saying. It should not be a debate. It shouldn't it be should in the news. It shouldn't even exist. It, it's, it's none of our 
it shouldn't even be anything that should that it should not be a debate. It should be something handled by the military, and as Ward said, covert. End of story. And I mean, it's not like it was happening all the time. In 2008, CIA head Michael Hayden, he's actually a four-star general and from the neighborhood, from Pittsburgh, told Congress it had only been used on three high-profile al-Qaeda detainees and not for the past five years. Well, we shouldn't – that should have been behind closed doors, and you should have needed a top-secret clearance to hear that. Yeah, oh, there's, absolutely. There's, and the other thing is, you basically told our enemies, you know, the the reason that waterboarding works is they fear that you are going to drown them. They have a Absolutely. fear. If you tell them that this is the way that the technique works, but they're not actually going to drown you, that technique is no longer effective. So they know I don't have to give up anything because they're not going to kill me. And I want every soldier in every country in the whole world to be scared as hell of my CIA. Absolutely. No, no. I don't care about the CIA. I want to be scared of every United States citizen. It, <laughs> it, 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 it sucks. You know, it's so terrible that you get targeted no matter what country you're in because you're an American and, you know, you're spit on and you're, you know, whatever, because they don't like our politics. Well, our politics – you know, especially in our friendly neighbors of France, if it wasn't for us, they'd be fucking speaking German right now. And they seem to forget the fact that we have a, a bunch of soldiers buried over over there because we saved their asses. And the French look down their nose on us constantly. And it's like, you know, you guys have a really short fucking memory. We bailed you out. We saved your ass. You know, we kept you from Nazi fucking oppression. And the thanks we get for it is you tell the world what, you know, how bad we are. Yeah. With their 20% immigrant population of students that's burning cars every night. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They're in bad shape over there. I have a, I have a rifle too, a French army rifle. It was, uh, it's never been fired and it's only been dropped once. (laughs) Wow. Is that an old joke? (laughs) An oldie, but a goodie. I love it. My man, Rove. Thank you, sir. <laughs> All right. Let's change subjects a little bit here. Uh, Ward's got an interesting story for us about a uh, police cruiser. Yeah, this is awesome. In Maryland, uh, the uh, police cruiser was left unlocked and running while the sergeant helped a, another officer uh, serve arrest warrants. And apparently while they were doing this, <laughs> somebody jumped in his unlocked running police car and left. <laughs> and uh probably one of the people they were after which i think is hilarious the, even if it isn't I, I think it's awesome that i mean what's the first thing that you're told you know if you stop your car turn it off take the keys exactly i mean the, they're not you know if you're serving warrants you're really not going to have a flight issue you know you're knocking on the door what do you need the car running for I mean, is it was it cold? I mean, it doesn't say. You know, if it, you know they had to leave the heat running. What was the deal? That doesn't make sense to me to to leave the car running and then be shocked that somebody stole it. That's the 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 best part of it is they're like, oh my god, somebody stole a running car. Well, if you if you read the article, it says it's a breach of protocol for an officer to leave his vehicle running and unlocked. And the guy that did it was a sergeant. Yeah. 
and the thing you got to worry about too is is these things are rolling combat vehicles now. There was probably a Remington 12 gauge 870 in the front, and there was probably an AR-14 or a, or an AR-15 or an M-16 in the trunk. It was found like uh, an hour later. Yeah, but they said nothing was. And everything was inside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. everything. Basically, inside. they took it for a joyride. I'll bet they were worried about that though, especially the driver. Mm-hmm. Oh no, yeah, I'm still thinking they just used it to get away, and they got away far enough and went, went by foot. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't know. I just it's come on, guys. It's it's common sense. You don't leave the vehicle running and the doors unlocked. No, that's with any vehicle. Yeah, that, that that's my point. I mean, you know, I'm not a, a cop and I'm not on patrol. But the smart thing would tell me if I'm in a neighborhood where I'm serving warrants, there's bad people around. You know, because I'm I'm coming looking for them. I have a oh, piece of paper that says they live in this house. Especially at 3 a.m. So, you know, it's not a great neighborhood. Right. Yeah. So you I want to make sure I have a ride out of there, too. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Uh, it's, I don't know. I just it's like this is just idiotic. Uh, Barb's got a story. Speaking of idiocy about Bank of America. Oh, yeah, this was interesting. Um, the, the title was Bank of America Seizes Wrong House. Again. So I don't really understand how this is happening. Now, this particular lady, I guess uh, Bank of America uh, did own her loan, but she wasn't in default. And they had uh, torn up the floor somehow. I don't understand. I mean, if you're going to seize a home due to non-payment, it doesn't make sense you're going to want to resell it and why damage the property. I didn't get that. Uh, but it happened before with a vacation home. Um was a Florida house, and it was completely a, a completely paid-for house. And um, Bank of America again seized it. And when they seize the houses, they're uh, not only you know changing the locks and everything, but they're turning off all the utilities. Which, depending on where the house is, can you know create some serious issues. Yeah, and so yeah, no. Bank of America is just seizing the wrong houses. I don't get it. Well, the line is, and they said this to winter size and take possession of the plaintiff's home, included turning off the water, cutting power lines, filling her drains with antifreeze, and confiscating her parrot. Oh, yeah, the parrot. Well, that was just kind of a stupid side story to it, but she did get the parrot back. But, well, um. Well, you know, now the thing is, she has a case. I mean, I. I don't well, know. The, the, the other people uh, did end up suing uh, for Bank of America because what happened was uh, when they turned off the power, these people had fish in their freezer. And this was a vacation home, so they weren't there for months. And you can imagine that smell. Yeah. You'll never get that out of the house. So uh, they, they did. I don't, didn't see any results as to if they won the suit or anything. But, yeah, they, they need to sue this bank. Well, I mean, well the initial... The initial house was uh, was actually in Pittsburgh. It was in Hampton. I read the follow up link on the link that's on the uh, uh, show notes here. But the lawsuit angle is funny in the Post Gazette. That's where the original story came from. The lawyer at the end is the damage to her emotionally is irreparable. Her attorney said she's afraid to set foot in the house. She's just ill over it. Yeah, I bet you they could put a number to it. Yeah, exactly. That's what that is. That's yeah. called the number. Oh, guaranteed. Putting a dollar sign on a, yeah. Yeah. It's, just, it's like, come on. How, how do you 
how do you seize the wrong house in the first place? I don't understand that. I mean, be- between Google Maps and everything nowadays, how do you how do you get the wrong house? Well, well not only that, how do you do it twice? Exactly. Well, you know, the only thing that I could think of would be that whatever number or you know spit out and said, "Oh, this house is in foreclosure." It may have been their neighbor, but there might have been a misprint on the seizure order. You know, their their address is one two three, and they showed up at one two five. Yeah, but everything comes off of the mortgage paperwork. There's that that's there's no excuse for that period. No, I, I'm I'm not trying to make excuses for them, and I, I think they're going to lose a shitload of money because, you know, especially if if this this woman gets you know a, a halfway decent attorney, she's going to make a ton of money, and she should. I, I think it sounds it's, like the uh, the attorney's milking it for all that it's worth. Oh, absolutely. When oh, yeah. when you start playing this, she can't even go into her home. You know, that's pain and suffering, and they're looking for cash. <laughs> right. She she should get damages, but when they start adding that verbiage in there, that's just to me. That's that's below. Now, now is that called? Is that punitive? Is that where the big bucks is? Punitive? Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's the punitive is where the big money is. I mean, the compensation part is fine with me. They should pay every nickel for every piece of carpet that they tore up. But as far as the thirty five million she's going to get because she's sick over it, I mean, uh, yeah, because the pain and suffering that that's where the money is. You know, because oh, yeah. you can you can go in and say, okay, they did you know ten thousand dollars worth of damage. It's going to take ten thousand dollars to fix it. But then they say, well, I was I suffered emotional distress because of it, and you know it it's just so hard for me to go in this house. Well, if we give you a million dollars, could you do it? Oh yeah, that that would be enough to to ease my pain and suffering. You know? Yeah. I mean, and that's what it is. I mean, it, it, it's it, that's the bottom line. And and when they start doing the, she can't go home and it makes her sick and that kind of, that, they put that kind of verbiage in, that means that's what they're setting up for. That's their goal is going to be, okay, you know, th- they're going to come back and like Hutch said, they're going to say, I want $35 million. And And they're going to negotiate this. That, that I can guarantee you that case will never see trial. And if you think about it, if you think what those kinds of actions, they they affect almost everything in our day-to-day life because people are, you know, protecting themselves against these ridiculous things. I mean, just about every single thing that you buy or do or, or whatever, uh, there's some kind of ramification from lawsuits like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it ends up hurting everybody because, you know, it's like we were saying before – you know, it's like truck drivers, right? You jack up the, the gas price. Truck drivers don't feel that because the truck drivers pass that on to the people they're hauling for. It's the same thing. The bank will pay that out, you know, whatever the settlement is. But, you know, it, it'll cause rate increases. It'll cause, you know, a, a balloon payment. It'll cause something. And the the ones that get screwed out of that, it's us. It, it, it's like every other... It's almost, you know, it's like a government program. You know, why am I paying for, you know, you know, Emmanuel from Mexico to go to school and get a free lunch and he's his dad's not even American citizen, but yet I'm paying for it. You know, it, that you know, nobody really thinks about the trickle down effect of that. You know, you know, it's like, well, you're a xenophobe if you're against the illegal aliens. But 
it's like, okay, but this illegal alien works under the table so he doesn't pay taxes. He gets free health care that I'm paying for because he doesn't pay taxes. And his kids go to school for free and they get free lunches that I pay for because I pay taxes. I mean, it all trickles down and, and you're, you're marked as a racist and a xenophobe and all this other stuff. If you come out and go, wait a minute, that's just not right. You know, or. Well, it's wh- even worse than that ward because I know we see it here in Georgia. What is everything that you just mentioned? Plus all the money that they do, they, they Western union it back to Mexico. Exactly. For family. So when, when they make money here, it's worth more there. So. That's what they're doing, too. Yeah. It's being perpetuated. I I saw a congressman today uh, wanted to introduce some legislation to give a 5% boost in salary for a bilingual government employee. Think about that one for a couple of minutes. I think that everybody that's on this call, your uh, ancestors came to this country. And when they came to this country, they decided that English was going to be their primary language and they were going to assimilate to their new country. I want to be an American, so I'm going to learn to speak English. I'm going to adopt the American way of doing things. I'm going to accept one flag, and it's going to be the United States of America. I'm going to defend one people, and that's the United States of America. These illegal aliens are coming over. The waving Cuba or Mexican flags or Cuban flags in Florida, they're not contributing anything to the the grand scheme of things. The only thing that they're doing is sucking on us, and and I don't understand. You know, I'm not a big fan of the nanny state. You know, I don't think that we need to 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 give money to people that don't want to work. I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, when the the New Deal came about and all this other stuff where we start funneling money into people that don't want to work, all that did is create more generations of people who don't want to work. I get up every morning, I go to work, I put in my 10 hours a day, and I come home and I do podcasting on the weekends. But I nice. But that time that I'm at work, I'm busting my ass, and I'm paying for for people to be laying on the couch and getting high all day. That irritates there's, the hell out of me. There's an old adage that the way you cure poverty is to make it uncomfortable to be in poverty, and when you condone that life, I mean, it just goes on and on. I mean, it's like you said, generational. You know, there's a couple things that are that are hurting us along these same lines. Well, and I mean, that's two, one two of them. Of I mean, how much money do you, do you think it goes into welfare? I, well, I don't lot, understand. I, mean, I don't understand how welfare is necessary because the constitution doesn't provide for it. There's no, no law, no, you know, nothing in the constitution. that says that we need to provide welfare. It guarantees life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If you don't want to pursue happiness by working and getting on with your life and getting the things you want, then you've given up the right to pursue it. That's your choice. But when when you're going to sit on your ass, you're going to get high all day. 
I'm going to pay for your groceries. I'm going to pay for your Section 8 housing. You're going to, you're going to take the, the welfare check that you get and buy a plasma TV and, you know, a car that's three times better than what I got because I have to pay for it out of my pocket. I take, I take very serious issue with that. It gets dangerous, too, when you reach a point where if we go over 50%, you have two different categories of people. You have taxpayers and tax spenders. And when you end up with more tax spenders than taxpayers, then you have a political situation where there's no way that it's ever going to be two-party again. Well, yeah. And we're getting close to that. Well, I, I, we're constantly pushing the envelope. All right, we, we have a debt that we can never pay off right now. And basically, our government is putting our children's children into debt to foreign countries. Whoever will buy our debt, you know, China's one of them, Japan's one. These countries are buying our debt. And at any time, they can call that note in. How are we going to pay that? You know, Corey, you got a kid. Yeah. The, the government is straddling him with bills because that's what, what's, you know, because you're an American citizen. Now, you have to pay the taxes that this Congress passed. You got to pay off, you know, and, and they keep pushing this health care thing. The health care thing is going to do nothing but saddle us with more debt. And they can't, and, and, and nobody's saying, what, where's this money coming from? They voted to increase the amount of debt that they can, that they can take on. How is that possible? That's, you know, I'm going to get off my soapbox now, but that that's my thing. Drink. I, I drink. Just, yeah, drink. You got to drink a lot because I was on that soapbox for quite some time. But yeah. <clears throat> hey, Clinton I, left us with, uh, he left us, what is it? With a surplus. So really, we, we, were, we were doing really good. And then, it, uh, well, it goes above and beyond the, the individual. Board. Yeah. The individual politicians are really inconsequential. I mean, this has been going on. There's a couple things out there that have to be uh, dealt with. One is Social Security and the other is uh, Medicaid, I mean, Medicare. I mean, these entitlement programs are on their own without any of the new spending uh, set to implode. And, I mean, you're going to see either we're going to devalue the dollar to the point where it's not worth a dime or somebody's going to have to say, all right, the social security age has to go up to 75 and Medicare payments are getting cut because we just can't sustain it anymore. I mean, that's where we're at. Yeah. And then, then you're going to say, well, basically what they're talking about for this, you know, for the healthcare bill is more or less expanded Medicaid to cover everyone. How can we afford that? We can't afford the Medicaid that we have now. And yet you're going to, you're going to, you know, say, well, we're going to, the government is going to control healthcare for the entire country. Name one government program that isn't just shit. Name one. You can't. You, there, I've thought about this and said, well, you know, what about, you know, whatever. I can't come up with one that doesn't have so much bureaucracy and so much red tape and so much more money built in for absolutely, you know, for administrative costs. How, how much administrative cost do you think it's going to be with, with this health care bill 
because they're going to have to create committees for, you know, to monitor this. And they're going to have to create, they're, they're making the government as big as they possibly can. So you have to pay for all this, this, you know, this government thing that they have to build. Once they do that, then you have to pay for the actual coverage of the people. And it's just totally insane. You want to be covered, go get a fucking job, get health and get a job that provides health insurance. It's that simple. If you don't feel as though you need health insurance, work at McDonald's. What pisses me off is there's people that are going off and going to go pick up their welfare check and they're past, walking past help wanted signs. You know, get a, get a damn job for, you know, uh, I'm done. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and, and I know that we're going to go on to the next story here in a second, but um, what's happening with this whole debate is the government is just changing seats with HMOs. Pretty much. Uh, HMOs cover and control healthcare right now. And we're still, you know, people are worried about, you know, will I be able to do this? Will I be able to do that? HMOs still determine that for us. They determine if we get that scan that we need or that test that we need. So it wouldn't be much different, I don't think. It would just be money going into the different pocket, you know? I think what we ought to do is, is take a couple steps back and realize that health insurance has morphed into something that it's not supposed to be. Health insurance should be pretty close to car insurance. For almost every single uh, trip you go into the doctor for you know normal routine things, you should pay for that 100% out of your pocket, just like you do with your car. If you go get an oil change, you gladly pay for that oil change. You shouldn't use health insurance for checkups or for, you know, 90% of the things out there that we use it for now. Health I insurance, see where you're going with this. Yeah. Okay. Health insurance should be insurance for the cancer and the catastrophic things that will make you bankrupt. But that's not what it is these days. These days they pay for every. That's why the prices are so high between that and the uh, litigation. Uh, I just wish somebody would take a common sense approach, which this present care is not 2500 pages is not what we need right now we don't need the government to take us over the other thing is i I don't understand where in the constitution it says that the government has to provide you with health care they're trying to make it like it's a right and it's not a right it's a commodity yeah but you can't uh, i i can't understand how you can force someone to have insurance and that's what they're doing. They're saying, well, you know, if, if you don't have insurance, you have to have it. If you don't have it, we're going to fine you for it. That's, that's unconstitutional. There's nothing in the Constitution that says you have to have health insurance to be a citizen. And, and it's like the, you know, the, the argument is always going to be, well, you have to have insurance to drive your car because driving a car is a privilege. Driving a car is not the same as... I'm going to be taxed. I'm going to be forced to do this because I am a citizen. You are forced to have car insurance because you are driving that car. But that's not for you. That insurance is for somebody you would hurt. Yeah. It's, but I mean, but, th- but that's where, that's why you're forced to do it. And that's why the government can force you to do it because you're driving, you're paying to drive and driving is a privilege. You're paying Absolutely. for that privilege. You're not paying for the privilege of being a United States citizen so you can have health care insurance. That's bullshit. That's illegal and it's unconstitutional. 
That's why there's plenty of states that have already lined up and said that they're not going to enforce it. Why do you think the teachers union has almost eliminated the constitution from the curriculum of our schools? Because they don't that's want the nobody only, to know it. They don't want the, the, the students to be able to make a, a, a rational decision or a rational argument. Whoop, there it is. Moving on. Next story. <laughs> okay. Uh, U.S. researchers estimate that uh, 18% tax on pizza and soda could push down adults' calorie intake and lower their weight average by five pounds a year and also says that it might save costs of an estimated $147 billion a year in health costs. So they're talking about jacking up taxes to 18% on pizza and soda because people are fat. Basically what they're doing is they're expanding the sin tax, right? I mean, right now the way the government works is they say, okay, well, if you drink beer, we're going to put more of a tax on beer because you shouldn't be doing that. That's a sin. All right, you smoke cigarettes. Well, you shouldn't be smoking cigarettes. So we're going to tax them a little bit heavier so that you don't smoke. Now it's, well, you know what? You shouldn't really be eating that pizza because pizza's fattening. So we're going to we're gonna charge you more for that pizza. That's horseshit. Why, if I'm fat and I say, okay, if I continue to eat pizza, I'm going to continue to be fat. That's my decision. That shouldn't be the government putting their hands in my pockets because I want to be fat because I want pizza or I want soda. That's my decision. Yes. And you know what? That brings up one of my favorite quotes by Ronald Reagan. Uh, Government exists to protect us from each other. And where government has gone beyond its limits is in deciding to protect us from ourselves. And that's what this is. The uh, auto insurance is protecting other people and the pizza and soda is protecting us from ourselves. I love this story, too, especially coming from Congress. Have you ever looked at uh, Wrangle or, or Nadler? <laughs> These guys are going to tell us to stop eating pizza. <laughs> I'll tell you what, expect a lot of this in the health care bill, too. I mean, I heard Nancy Pelosi the other day, and she said this isn't – she said this is about diet, not about diabetes. There's a lot of stuff about diet in that bill, believe it. Oh, yeah. And the other, th- the other quote that I really enjoyed that she gave last week was – we need to pass this bill so you can see what's in it. Oh, gosh. Isn't yeah, that really? scary? Oh now, this gosh. is the Speaker of the House saying, we need to pass this bill so you can see what's in it. You don't think that maybe we'd like to know what the hell's in it before you freaking vote on it? They've been there so long that they think that we're just uh, sheep. They really do. They think we're and, and that's stupid. What, and that's what kills me. They work for us. People... Americans need to start, you know, going back and remembering the Constitution and remembering your basic civics lessons. These senators, these congressmen, they're no better than you. They work for you. You are their boss. You can demand of them. Remember that. Start doing that. Put that foot forward and start sending them letters saying, I don't want you to vote for this. This is garbage. The way that they're trying to, you know, because this bill is so bad. You know, and it still includes the Louisiana Purchase. And what are they calling the other one? The one from Nebraska. Um, what? what uh, there was a, a name for it. But where they slammed extra money into the bill so that they could pay for it, so they could pay off these uh, 
congressmen and these senators so that they'd, so that they'd sign off on the bill. It's horseshit. Well, just, just one last thing on, on the, on the health care bill. The, the reason that you can tell, there's two reasons. One, this would have already passed. The Democrats are in control of the executive and legislative branches completely. So they could have passed it on the first day it was introduced. So that'll tell you one thing. The other thing is, is that there's no way that a serious American can look at health care reform that has no language in it about lawsuits. Lawsuits jump the price of health care. Ask any brain surgeon what he has to pay in malpractice insurance. Yep, in that's why this stuff you're right. That's why this stuff costs so much. And to have a twenty five hundred page bill and nobody has mentioned Tort reform. The, the litigation areas because the trial lawyers are driving the train. But I mean that right there it ought to be off the table and we ought to say no. Start over. Amen, Brother Hutch. You preach on. All right, let's let's lighten the stories up here a little bit. We got a few Florida stories here, and Hutch has got the first one for us. And I knew your listeners loved the Florida story so much, so I pulled something out of the South Florida Sun Sentinel. A Fort Lauderdale man torched his own home over water bill, police say. Johnny Dossey was fed up with the water bills for his Fort Lauderdale mobile home. He thought they were too high. His solution, police said, he torched the place. About 12.30 p.m. Wednesday, firefighters found the mobile home in the 1300 block of Southwest 21st Terrace engulfed in flames. Now, the flames didn't damage any neighboring homes, but his was to the ground. Witnesses told police that Dossie, 43, doused the place with gasoline, lit it, and within moments, the home, which he owned, exploded. Police stopped Dossie as he tried to leave the neighborhood, police spokeswoman Kathy Kathy Collins said. He is charged with arson of a structure. Dossie may have been intoxicated at the time, Colin said. (laughs) Dossie's neighbor, Luis Alvarez, 43, said he overheard Dossie arguing with his father about the water bills. Dossie's latest bill, Alvarez said, was about $70. Wow. I guess he got fed up with it, and that's the only way he saw out of it. Who burns their own shit down? Man, it was heck for of a seventy bucks. For se- yeah, for seventy bucks. That's the big thing. <laughs> Reminds me of the riots in '68 on the hill in Homewood. <laughs> <laughs> Let's burn our own neighborhood down. We'll get them. Well, that's what they did in California too. Remember yeah. the Rodney oh, yeah. King thing? Oh, you beat up Rodney King, so we're gonna burn all our shit down. I'll show <laughs> you. I'll burn my fucking house down. Good, except good those Korean stores, because the guy's up on the roof with a thirty odd six. Yeah. You know, come there, I'm sure. I just thought I had to bring that to your audience. I, I just think it's funny. You got, Florida is the weirdest place in the whole world. $70 bill and you decide to burn down your mobile home. I'm finding that out thanks to listening to your show. Well, the thing is, you don't even have to – you don't even say mobile home. What the hell is yeah, that? You, what's what? I hear somebody talking in the background. Out here. Not here. I don't hear now. I think you're hearing things, Corey. Because I don't hear nothing either. All right, well, keep going. Um, yeah, that's what what I was saying before about uh, you know, seventy bucks. You're going to burn your all your own. It, it doesn't even matter if it's a mobile home. It's where you live. I'm going to burn my house on. I mean, even if you live in a in a cardboard box, that's still your house, and it still has all your shit in it. 
I'm gonna can burn I suggest, it. I'm gonna burn it down just to show turning, you. Can I suggest turning the water off, maybe? Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, seventy Build bucks. A well, there you go. Exactly, and, and and in Florida, I thought everybody in Florida had wells. I, I know no, when I lived in South Ca- when I lived in South Carolina, ninety percent of the people I knew had well water. I mean, you had very few people who actually had city water. Everything else was pretty much all well water. But yeah, and I paid absolutely nothing for water. I, it would, but it would hit me on my electric bill because I had a pump. Right. I mean, but. 70 bucks. I'm not going to burn down all my shit for 70 bucks. Come to think of it, that's a pretty high water bill. I wonder what he was doing. Well, I wonder if it includes sewage, too. Yeah, and it might, and he may live with his father. So there's two people living in a house, taking showers. You know, I mean, 70 bucks isn't a whole lot between, you know, and you don't, and the thing is, the story doesn't go on to how many people live there. We can assume it's at least him and his dad, you know. But you don't know if mom lives there, too. You don't know who all lives there. And still, $70 isn't enough for me to to catch my house on fire and burn down all my shit to show the water company I'm going to stick it to the man. I just don't get it. Down with the struggle. All right. So let's go on to the next story here. Ward's got another story that deals with Florida for us. Yeah, I, I can't help but find Florida stories. It, it's like I am the magnet of Florida stories. Uh, apparently, there was a man arrested for stealing scratch-off tickets. Now, this is this is the, the Florida mentality. Uh, Bartlow, Florida. No, Bartow. Bartow, Florida. Uh, a Winter Haven man was arrested after authorities say he took a winning scratch-off ticket back to the store that he stole it from a day earlier. Polk County Sheriff's Office reports a 22-year-old Alan Nguyen stole $70 worth of scratch-off lottery tickets from the Circle K store on Sunday. One of the tickets revealed a $50 prize. When Nguyen took the ticket back to the store on Monday to claim his prize, a clerk who was there, who was aware of the theft, asked for his driver's license, and he wrote down all the information. The clerk called the authorities, and the deputies were there to arrest him. Uh, he was charged with retail theft and later, later released on $250 bail. Uh, how big of a moron do you got to be to go into a store? Over. Well, no, I mean, not no. only to go back to the store. But also to hand his license over. That was awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's the clerk thinking on his feet. That, that, that was actually pretty smart. But, I mean, you steal a, a, a handful of lottery tickets from anywhere, right? How many places take lottery tickets? What would possess you to go back to the place you fucking stole it from? How brain dead are you? This that- is one of my favorite types of people, man. This this guy gets the, the stupid criminal award. I mean, he, he absolutely fell asleep in the getaway car. Prisons are full of guys like this. Exactly. Well, I mean, just, just for the record, he could have taken this anywhere, and he would have, it would have come up as stolen. They have a way of scanning them and tagging, uh, you know, books of lottery tickets. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the point is, and you're right, Barbie, probably got caught no matter where he went. However, going back to the same store you stole them from, 
pretty much guarantees that you're going to get caught because they're going to be going any ticket that comes in. They say, okay, these, you know, whatever the name of the ticket is, you know, the St. Patrick's Day pot of gold or whatever, you know, they said, okay, well, we had 15 of them stolen or a hundred of them stolen and you come in with one. All right. So now I can check them against the numbers of the stolen ones. Okay. Yeah. That was one of the stolen ones. Boom. You're nailed. And because they're going to be, what's the word? Like hypervigilant for that specific thing. Whereas if you'd go to another store, they might just take and go, okay, thanks. Here's your 50. See ya. You know what I mean? Well, I think all the winners have to be scanned by the machine before they can pay out. I just don't know how they would know. You know, I don't know that they have that good of a, they might have that good of an inventory of the ones before they're played. They do have to scan them once they're winners to say that they're winners, but you'd have to have a pretty good accounting system to be able to know which ones were the ones that were actually stolen, I would imagine. Yeah, but you, you see my point. I mean, uh, if, oh, yeah. in, in the same store, they say, hey, if somebody stole a, a handful of pot of gold, you know, lottery tickets. You oh, know, you're a player. You actually know the name of one of them. Ha-ha. No, I, I'm making it up because I don't. I mean, it, no. it, it's St. Patrick's Day, of course. There's going to be a St. Patrick's Day pot of gold ticket. I mean, that just stands to reason. Oh, yeah, that store would have been on alert for sure. Exactly. So, yeah, that, that's the Moron of the Week award. You got to love Florida. You really got to love Florida for these stories we get. I don't know if that's the Moron of the Week or the last story is going to be the Moron of the Week. Well, what, what's the last story? Another Florida story. So apparently there was this woman driving uh, down on a Florida Highway Trooper uh, said there was a two-vehicle crash on Tuesday when a 37-year-old driver trying to shave her bikini area while her ex-husband took the wheel from the passenger seat. Apparently she was on the way to see her new boyfriend, so she decided to you know shave down yonder. And uh, apparently she caused a two-car accident. But the funny thing, though, is she's not supposed to be driving because the day before she went to court for a DUI and had a suspended driver's license. Yeah, I think she wins. There was so much more to your link. I mean, I saw this earlier on the Internet. Um, Wow. Okay, first of all, ex-husband is driving her to see the boyfriend. Awesome. One of my notes. She's shaving her pubes. the day before, she did get a DOI, and they were. There was something in there about she was. She was told to. It was the equivalent of she was told to drop. Her car was confiscated, but it was like a. She had to drop it off somewhere. I don't know how the wording was. Um, so she shouldn't even have been driving that car, which is part of it. I mean, the, it's priceless. It's just it never ends. The background behind that story. And if you go down to the comments. On the story, one of the commenters, the first one, said she should be arrested for being a pubic nuisance. Oh, oh boy. That's bad. That's just bad. I mean, You're sharing the material. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's like a checklist of everything that's wrong here. You know, shaving while driving, ex husband in the car, going to see new boyfriend, DUI, and Florida. Well, no, it's like not only. Not just the ex-husband driving her to meet her new boyfriend, 
but holding the steering wheel as he's driving his ex-wife as she's shaving. <laughs> Come on. True, whoa, whoa, check this out. The troopers charged Barnes with driving with a revoked license, reckless driving, leaving the scene of a wreck with injuries, and driving with no insurance. Oh, yeah, because they drove like half a mile. Yeah. They had switched seats. But he that wasn't was watching the road. Perfect. He was watching her, and then they slammed into that. No, she had control of the brake. He just had control of the wheel. It was her fault. <laughs> That's true. I you know what? The, the other thing, too, is she could have, you know, nicked something, and the next thing you know, she stomps thinking. the gas. <laughs> hey, at least, at least she wasn't bejazz- bejazzling. That could have been a whole lot worse. That could have been like a 15-car pileup. She was upset because her boyfriend just burned her trailer down. <laughs> awesome because of the water bill oh boy yep. on his way to steal lottery tickets I just think it's funny that you always find these people that have DUI suspended licenses and they always do something stupid on the road to get caught well they're not criminals because they're geniuses this is true and they live in Florida so that's two things against them I think that you know you know being in Florida doesn't necessarily mean that you're you know a full-blooded whack job but it 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 doesn't hurt you know maybe it's the sun maybe the fact that they don't get you know they don't get to enjoy a winter like we do and you know it's just that their sun bakes their head bakes so much that they just become totally fucking batshit crazy that could be it direct too much direct sunlight exactly I don't know. I just I saw this story and I was like, oh my god, we have to talk about this. It's like I just I can't imagine a woman trying to drive and shave at the same time. I mean, what did what does she do with all the debris? It's just it's just like on debris. the car seat. <laughs> it's just on the car seat. I mean, <laughs> yeah, really. Just just say it's, it's not cookie crumbs, man. <laughs> it's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> the the pubic debris was scattered amongst the, the wreckage. Oh, Jesus. Intertwined with the velour of the 75 <laughs> Thunderbird. Now was, it, did, now, was it a dry shave, or did she have shaving cream, or, or what, you know? Well, of course it was a dry shave. She was in the car. Well, maybe she had no, electric no. clippers. She had or, clippers. Or, yeah, she had clippers her, that plugged into the lighter. dry. Or her, ex, dry. or her ex-husband hocked a loogie. <laughs> Now, why does it Corey, it, dude. It, it, as nasty as this story is, you go in and you filthy it up. Oh, please. It had to be done. <laughs> I never said to... anything about spitting on nobody. Jesus. <laughs> You've offended my, my sensibilities. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bullshit. Okay, I think we need to call it a night now. I think once you get to pubic driving and shaving and I don't fucking know what the hell it is. Top it off with a loogie. Top it off with a loogie. Nothing wrong with a that's, loogie. That's the title of the show. Top it off with a loogie. Top, okay, apparently. So we have to drink now. Drink. That's because Barb has named the show. Yes, she it's has. It's a good title. It's a good working title. It is a good working title. Okay, so I want to thank everyone for being here this week. And, of course, Ward, where can we find you online? You can find me at maxandlife.com. That's where I have my weekly Mac show. We also have tips and tricks and whatnot posted up there so it's not just totally all video so you can go check some stuff out maxlife.com and of course barb where can we find you online 
uh, tangents.com with a J, and also tangents.com spelled out on Twitter. And uh, how's the tits and tech going? I didn't even want you to bring that up. It's going fine. <laughs> uh, the logo has been censored, I think. I have to, I have to rework the logo. Um, lighting up some good female texts. Uh, it's going to be an audio podcast. And, uh, it's you know what? Maybe Corey can guest for you. No, it can't be. I can't. It's got to be all girls. Oh. That's, that, that's why I said Corey could guest for you. Tech podcast. Corey doesn't even know about tech, does he really? Silence of the Lambs. I could uh, stick my junk underneath. Oh, my God. What does that even mean? <laughs> if, if, you, if you don't know, you don't want to ask. Don't ask. Please don't ask. That's all I can say. All right. And, of course, Hutch, where can we find you online? I don't know. That's a tough role to follow. But, uh. <laughs> www.bergseyeview.com or you can go to iTunes and download my app BEV Gold you got an app, dude, what is it? what does it do? Uh, it's just uh, some bonus content for my show some video, additional audio a bunch of buttons that you can uh, hit the show up with one one touch, just a little uh, little bonus stuff awesome BEV Gold on iTunes so check that out, definitely sounds good and coming up next week on the show will be John Young from United.net. And, of course, our friend Tom over at BackToHiking.com will make his first appearance on the show. Of course, you can contact us at talk at com. Our voicemail is 813-915-6390. And, of course, the website is AverageJoeShow.com. You can leave comments on the stories, get all the links to everything we talked about this week. And, of course, you can catch us live here every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern at AverageJoeShow.com slash live. Of course, you could donate at the, donate at the website. You can also submit stories directly from the website too. Now, and I just want to let everyone know you do a lot more at the website now. I'm trying to add more stuff as I can. If you got any suggestions, let me know. Talk at averagejoshow.com. I'd love to know what you want to see on the site. We'll put it on there and make it better for you. Want hey, to thank, Corey, hey, I did want to say that I did notice that uh, you put that field on there where they can fill out to submit a link. I thought that was pretty cool. That's right at the top, very yeah. front center. Yeah, averagejoshow.com slash submit is the, the, is the permanent link for it, too. So if you want to submit stories, go right there, averagejoshow.com slash submit. Well, I want to thank everyone out there for spending a little bit of your bandwidth with us, uh, downloading this week's episode. And until next time, have a good one. Bow, 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 bow,